Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? I am a very, very happy man. Why is that? Because we talked about this last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. LSU had just advanced to the College World Series finals, and I said we, we'd have an update next week. Update is they won it all. National champions. National champs. Nicely done. It was a dramatic College World Series. It was incredible. It was incredible. One of the best games I've ever seen. Also, coupled with one of the worst games I've ever seen, (laughs) that uh, 24-4 beatdown that they suffered on Sunday. But they bounced back and won 18-4 the next day. So, kind of crazy after a week of really, really close games and uh, that that incredible game that they won against Wake Forest right there at the the death um, in the semifinals. Well, some some pretty... Some pretty intense games overall, and of course, uh, sad for my my local team here, the Demon Deacons. Um, I'm not that hated that, but I know you were not sad. I was not sad one bit. Yep, kind of crazy. So I'm in a good mood. It's Fourth of July weekend. We got the Capitol Fourth coming up in a couple of days. Yeah, we do. You've so got your, excited. You got your copy of the Declaration of Independence that you stole alongside Nicolas Cage that you're going to read to there your family. You so. Life is good. Life is good. All right. Yes. Well, let's jump into the show this week. Amy, we want to thank our sponsors each and every week, the Baptist Press Newsletters, BP Missions, Discipleship, Leadership, and Politics. These weekly newsletters offer insightful and thought-provoking content that will deepen your understanding and strengthen your faith. Don't miss out on these valuable resources. You can subscribe at baptistpress.com slash subscribe. That politics one is going to be jam-packed next week. I guarantee you. This has wow. been quite quite a SCOTUS week. Wow. All we'll talk about around. that at the end of the show Big a little time. bit. But um, yeah. got some things to celebrate on Religious Liberty Sunday in the SBC this weekend. Lots, lots, lots to celebrate. So, Amy, we start in Fort Worth where Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary student Lashane Boyd went on America's Got Talent this week and killed a rendition of Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, it was great. Did you get to watch it? I did. I loved well, it. I didn't watch it when it was live, but I did watch right, it. Same, same, but saw the whole video. On YouTube. We'll put the YouTube link in the show. It's in the uh, Baptist Press story about this, but we'll put the link in the uh, show notes about this. But man, she crushed that song. It was fantastic. I loved it. Yes. I loved it. So, yeah, Simon Cowell loved it. Yeah. Well, all the really, judges really loved neat. it. So, pretty yeah. awesome. So, pretty. Pretty cool. And I loved how she talked about that she's a, a voice student, I mean, a voice teacher, and how she's done all this uh, to encourage her students, but had not really um, had not really done a lot to advance herself. And this was kind of her moment. And it it she she like you said, she just crushed it. You know, you know why she, you know why she's so good, right? Why? Because she led worship at the 2022 SBC Pastors Conference in Anaheim. That's why she's so good. That's, that's exactly it. It was, I mean, she was just, you know, fair to Midland before that. And then, you know, I'm not even going there. She <laughs> is amazing. She was incredible last year. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but she, she was part of the worship team last year. The Cotton that's Hall awesome. band from Southwestern that Matt Hensley had do the worship in Anaheim. She was part of the band. I remember her from last year and she was amazing then. I mean, she's still amazing now, but I mean, she's, she was amazing. And, Whenever I, I heard that somebody from Southwestern was going, I was like, I bet I know who it is. And sure enough, Lashanae Boyd 
And there she is. That's pretty cool. So that's pretty cool. Maybe the first person ever, maybe, that has led worship at an annual meeting slash pastors conference who has been on America's Got Talent. Probably so. We have had people on the stage of annual meetings or pastors conferences who have gone on to do pretty significant things, but America's got talent. That's probably a new one. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if anybody else, like, I don't know if Mandisa, I mean, that's American Idol, but I don't think Mandisa's ever done anything. Ever, I don't think she ever did an, I don't think she ever did an annual meeting. Charles Billingsley never wound up on the annual, on the anything, huh? Not on friend, America's Got Talent. Friend of, the, or, friend of the pod, Charles Billingsley, by the way. Absolutely friend of the pod, Charles Billingsley. Also, so, maybe some like. major news coming about him for next year. Hint, hint. Okay. So, not official yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Charles Billingsley, I don't think he was on there, but I'm just trying to think of anybody else that like would have been in one of those shows that may have been part of the annual meeting. I don't think it's happened. So, Lashanae Boyd, setting the standard for those who have performed at the Pastors Conference and annual meeting. So, uh, James Cheeseman, Kenny and Claire, look forward to seeing your, uh, your episodes of America's Got Talent or American Idol very soon. Okay. All right. We stay at Southwestern, Amy, where I noticed from the SACCOC accreditation group putting Southwestern on warning due to some financial and governance oversight. Yes. This is basically just something that happens in the accreditation process. There were some policy concerns that were um, were mentioned, specifically uh, compliance with Core Requirement 4.1, which deals with governing board characteristics, um, Core Requirement 13.1, which is uh, related to financial resources, and then Standard 13.3, which is related to financial responsibility. So obviously there's been a lot of discussion about Southwestern lately. We know that um, a lot of information and materials that have been released by the board about finances and uh, in in all of that, a lot of times, you know, accrediting agencies become aware of that. Um, they have two accrediting agencies, SACCOC and ATS, which is the Association of Theological Schools. SACCOC is um, the Southern Association of College and Schools Commission on Colleges, which is a very long yeah, title. That's why they go by um, the acronym. <laughs> right, right. SACCOC. Holy cow. Um, but it's SACCOC that has has done this. So there are, there are levels of sanction. So a warning is kind of the lowest level sanction. Then, um, then next would be probation. If, uh, if they're, you know, if they want to go to another level and then, um, and then possibly, you know, sometimes there are removals things that's very rare. Very rare. So the way this would work is that they are going to be monitored and assessed again in June, 2024. So that's a year away. At that point, the warning could be lifted or there could be, you know, more action. Um, two years is the longest that an institution can be in the warning phase. So there's really no, uh, there's going to be no further news on this for another year when SACCOC comes back and looks at how things are. But that year will be a time when Southwestern can maybe respond to some of these concerns, can demonstrate how, uh, how there have been improvements or clarifications made. Um, the accreditation process is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. It's a lot of very, Mountains very of paperwork. Mountains and mountains, mountains of paperwork. Mountains of paperwork. Yes. And I say this as one who um, had a small uh, area that I was responsible for at Southern in, 
in my job there and was on the steering committee for the for that accreditation visit. And then Keith, for a lot of years, uh, was over accreditation here, the logistics of that and the site visit that was here. And South he also Eastern. like does so, site visits, doesn't he? He, he goes and he does, does visits he does. for the accrediting yeah, agencies. Yeah, he has done that. Yeah. So we're very familiar with the minutia and it's lots and lots of little things. So if something really perks their attention, they will take action. And so, um, so that this part of that process, yeah. um, but Southwestern will be responsible to look at those things, respond to them. And then um, hopefully in a year, find out that they have lifted yeah. it and everybody moves on. Yeah. Just to be clear, no immediate concern here. Uh, it's, it's not like right. they're going to not be accredited. So they're right. going to respond. They're going to handle things. That's right. So this is, this is part of the process. All right, a couple of other stories here. Amy, I got a, uh, an announcement from the executive committee this week that Texas Pastor Kai Bowman is going to come on and lead the EC prayer ministry assignment. Remember, that was given to the executive committee in 2021 at the Nashville annual meeting. And uh, the SBC executive committee just kind of, you know, responsible for providing strategic leadership for prayer across the country and across the SBC. So Kai is going to come on to that. So he's the Pastor Emeritus of Hyde Park Baptist there in Austin, Texas. So welcome to the executive committee officially. Kai Bowman, been uh, helping us out for a few months as it is, and uh, he will be helping out in the future on the prayer assignment. And then finally, Amy, some news that broke uh, late last night. We're recording this on Friday and late Thursday night. Elevation Church announced that it has withdrawn from Southern Baptist Convention Cooperation. Yeah, so Elevation Church is is no stranger to most people, probably those who listen to this podcast. It's a, a church in Matthews, North Carolina, which is right outside of yeah. Charlotte. Code for the Charlotte suburbs. That's right. That's right. So, um, but what they did is is sent a letter to the executive committee and the credentials committee, dated dated June twenty sixth, informing of their decision to withdraw cooperation for the SBC. Um, the letter did not state a specific reason. They said, you will find that our statement of beliefs on our website is very much in line with the Baptist faith and message. We have no intention of changing those core beliefs, but just deciding to withdraw uh, from cooperation. So the last time they submitted an, an annual church profile was a couple of years ago. It was in 2021. And um, they reported giving $10,000 through the cooperative program and receiving 103 million two hundred ninety six thousand seven hundred four in total receipts they did say they look forward yeah yeah they did forward they did say they look forward to partnering with sbc churches in the coming years would like to thank southern baptists and um also north carolina baptists for the privilege of partnering with us and so uh this this came now jonathan maybe help help set the table for this the executive committee does and has received letters like this throughout the years. Yeah. This is a, a normal from time to time. Churches you know, close, they merge, they move on. It happens, or they just or they decide. Yeah, that well, that's they what just, I'm saying. That's what I meant by move on. Yeah, right. they, they move on to right. something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, move on. Just say they don't want to cooperate anymore. But because of the sort of the size and the profile of elevation, and I was starting to kind of hear some people talking about it on uh thursday so it was i think it was good that baptist press reported this just to make it clear so it's not just this kind of thing yeah, spreading the out there mill. yeah right not that so so that's what makes it a little bit different from these others but in terms of the letter itself it's not that different no. from 
from others. You know, it, it happens right. from time to time. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, hey, that's going to do it for the news, Amy. It's a, it's a slow week unless you're the ERLC. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Uh, but that does bring us to this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Okay. We're going to go to 1983 in the sort of follow-up to the SBC annual meeting. There's a little story about the lost and found from the Southern Baptist Convention in Pittsburgh. That's what Ooh. it looks like. And the headline Good is town. bad. Yes. And the, the headline is Baptist honest, but unspectacular. Wow. I mean, that's, so that's kind of, that's kind of rude. Yes. Uh, it says Southern Baptists are very honest, but unspectacular. If the lost and found items at the recent Southern Baptist convention are any evidence among the items turned in and returned to the owners, were cash and traveler's checks Those worth mine. sixteen hundred worth sixteen hundred dollars. That was mine. That was mine. Um, numerous credit cards, six sets of ballots. So that's not good. You're not supposed to lose your ballots. Six people didn't get to vote. An expensive gold wristwatch. Also mine. And a number of Bibles and notebooks. That oh, makes me sad. That, that, your makes Bible. sad. that makes you um, the most sad of all of them. It said still unclaimed are six pairs of prescription eyeglasses, spectacles, if you will. We uh, Lee Porter Registration So those Secretary, people are unspectacular. That's right. That's right. So Lee Porter, who was the Registration Secretary back then, said we returned the cash and traveler's checks to the four messengers who had lost them. In a couple of cases, the messengers got their money back before they knew they lost it. Um, then he said... <laughs> Uh, any unseeing Baptist can contact him at 127 9th Avenue North in Nashville, and he will return the eyeglasses. The best one is said, the next one, Doug. He said if Doug will get in touch, he can have his car keys back, as can the woman who lost her belt. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what are you doing, my man? How are you getting home? I can't... I, I'm trying to figure out, did Doug just have- Doug like, flew to Pittsburgh. Name? Doug Doug parked <laughs> to the parking lot at the airport. Got in his you know, plane, flew to Pittsburgh, <laughs> lost his keys, got back home in Fort Lauderdale, I don't know, Orlando, whatever, I, I and went, I, oh no. I'm trying to figure out, is Doug, like, was Doug's name just- just Doug? It might have been like Doug chain? on the key. He may have one of those things, you know, like you get at like Gatlinburg, a- the little- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wooden ones that are carved out in your name. <laughs> he had a Dollywood keychain on there. Dollywood didn't exist in 1983 or something else. But, oh, Silver Dollar City keychain. There we go. Doug was from Joplin, Missouri. And Doug Doug flew in from Kansas City and, and well, to Springfield, uh, and, or to Pittsburgh and got back and Doug couldn't get in his car. Doug lost his car keys and a Doug. woman lost her belt and six pairs Six pairs of eyeglasses, and yeah, so. So this gives me uh, a great idea, because here's the deal. I was in Lynn's office this week. Lynn Richmond runs it. Yeah. She's the keeper of the lost and found. <laughs> I was like, Lynn, what is okay. that box over there in the corner? It's like flowing, with the overflowing. That's the lost and found stuff. So this gives me an idea. What if we did a story next week about the lost and found stuff at Baptist Press? You absolutely should. I mean, like, there are a lot of, uh, you know what? I think the most, I, I was looking around in the thing because I just like, you know, what was this? it's uh, like the, not Stanley cups, but just the thermos type cups or whatever. Right, right. That are, you know, whatever. That was like the most lost thing 
or whatever. There were yeah. several of those in there. So it's pretty funny. So this week we went to orientation at East Carolina University in, um, for, for Not Drew. Not for you. Yeah, yeah, for Drew. Not for me. Not <laughs> I'm for just me. going for back Drew. to get a doctorate, y'all. That's right. No, no, no. So there, we were waiting. We got there a little, got registered and it was a little early before the first session. So we were just sitting somewhere and I was taking care of some, some things. And Keith gave me one of the cards to use for something I was doing. And I, when I handed it back to him, he just set his wallet down. So later we were in the session and there's a ton of kids and parents in there, just a ton. And all of a sudden they say, Okay, we're going to dismiss all the kids in orientation groups. And then they said, if your name is Whitfield, uh, we have your wallet and come on up here to the stage. And Keith like looks down in his pocket and he says, that's me. And I thought, no, I I thought Drew would just die right there. Um, Wanted to crawl underneath the chair. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, your, that's the that's the opposite of Ethan's experience where he was on stage and like owned the room. Whenever he right. went. And Drew's the, Drew's the drama guy. He should have been. Well, I, I'm going to guess that owning the room and being the, like, be, it's not the same. I'm going to guess if someone had said, Jonathan, how are you left your wallet here? Or That's fair. Ethan would have crawled under the you, chair. Yeah. yeah. Ethan would have crawled into the chair. So uh, lost and found is an important thing. Of course, they and knew me, so, though. They uh, would have been like, hey, you know, here. Right. Right. They just would have walked up to you. So. Lost and Found is a great thing, and Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting has been managing it for a long time, and they were in 1983. What is that? 40 years ago? This week in SBC history. That one hurt, Amy. That 40 years ago shot right there. <laughs> yeah. Catching yeah. strays on our own podcast here. Holy cow. Tell me about it. Oh, Tell me man. about it. Yeah. You had a birthday last week. All right. Um, I did. All right. That brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... Not mine this week, Thief. Uh, mine is a new book from Crossway, Elizabeth Elliott, A Life, just came out. Lucy Austin is the writer of this. Now, there's a lot of books coming out about Elizabeth Elliott. I, I've read Becoming Elizabeth Elliott by B&H, uh, which, is, which is incredible. And then Being Elizabeth Elliott, which is kind of the part two. So B&H has approached it in two volumes. Crossway has approached it in one massive volume. So that's kind of the difference. Like. It's a huge one versus two. Uh, B&H took it from her upbringing and their time on the mission field. And when Jim Elliott and his fellow missionaries were killed. And, and then when she went back and uh, was was actually back with the tribe that had killed her husband. So all of those years, then the second one is going to pick up with her ministry in the States years later. B&H's difference, I think, is they had some access to uh, letters and stuff that had previously been unpublished. But I understand that this Crossway volume is very good as well. And I just got it. So I am really looking forward to reading it. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, my resource of the week kind of alluded to it earlier. Religious Liberty Sunday. This Sunday in the SBC, there is a bulletin insert available from the ERLC about that. And it has been a big, big week. In religious liberty news from the Supreme Court, we had the 303 creative ruling today, basically saying Mm -hmm. that the government cannot coerce free speech, which I know it feels like we kind of should have learned that with Baronel Stutzman and um, Jack the Baker as well. It's all all these things coming out of Colorado or the Northwest. Every every one of these cases, it seems, winds up 
at the Supreme Court. And then uh, another case yesterday that came out was the the postal worker up in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah, they were nine trying to, to zero. force. Yeah, that, that one was wow. Nine to nothing. You don't get many shutouts in the Supreme Court these days, right? Uh, so uh, that was a that was a biggie. Uh, that was the postal worker who was being forced to work on Sundays against his religious beliefs. So here we are. So religious liberty there wins at the Supreme Court again this week. Huge week for religious liberty, and we're going to celebrate that on Sunday. So across the SBC. So you can check out Very the cool. information over at uh, erlc.com for the. Religious Liberty Sunday info, as well as a ton of information for the rulings that came down this week. Uh, Julie Masson, Brent Leatherwood, Hannah Daniel, they've all been working like overtime this week and the rest of the team too. But uh, a lot of information, a lot of big, big verdicts this week on the religious liberty front from the Supreme Court. So uh, thankful for our folks over at the RLC and everything they're doing to fight for Southern Baptists on religious liberty and other issues. All right. Well, that's going to do it, Amy. You have a wonderful fourth. Celebrate that. Make the kids sit down. Listen to the Declaration of Independence. I'm a good parent, so I'm not going to do that to my kids. Listen, at this stage, I got one 19, one about to turn 18. I am smart enough to know it may be Keith and the dogs listening to it. <laughs> it may just be the we'll dogs. Do Very Keith, well Keith's got to go get his wallet. Very well could be. <laughs> so. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week.